0: Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. Weird is uh what I have been calling my whole life. Oh, you learn to embrace it, right? Hey, so things are going to seem like really random, but it's going to come together, okay? So just try to follow. Because, <laughs> like, I think I've learned with my journey with God is... Things seem random, but all all kind of connects at the end, right? So, (laughs) okay, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Okay, so don't raise your hand. I'm just going to share, okay? So, you know, sometimes before, in your past days you smoke a lot of weed, right? (laughs) Those of you who smoke weed, you get the giggles, right? If you haven't smoked weed, don't worry, it's good, okay? <laughs> but what I want to share is, is that with drugs and these different things, there's always a counterfeit to what God wants to do, <laughs> right? So don't raise your hand, okay? But if you've ever smoked weed and you got the giggles, okay? The first time that I got um, holy laughter, who's had holy laughter? Raise your hand. or heard of holy laughter, Okay. So, obviously, I've done weed. okay? I, I share that, right? So, But the first time I got holy laughter is I felt like I got the giggles, but I wasn't nauseous, and I had a clear head, right? And I felt like I was going crazy because I just wanted to laugh all the time, right? Because that's what the joy of the Lord is, amen? All right, uh, let's pray. Close your eyes. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, Lord, uh, we thank you, God, uh, just for your presence in this place. We thank you that you've made each one of us very unique uh, in your way. And we ask, God, that today that you'll bring out that uniqueness by your spirit. And, God, all things of the past and all things that try to hold us back and shackle us, Lord, that, God, that you will give revelation and that by your spirit and by uh, the revelation of the cross that you will set us free. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So uh initially we had started and worship was really powerful. Can you put a hand together for JP? I heard it's the first time he's led uh, a whole worship set. Can be very vulnerable. We did a really great job. And uh we're back there, it's Myung-Hwa, myself and Anita, and, and Myung was crying and Anita's sobbing and I'm just laughing because <laughs> that's what happens sometimes. When I feel God's presence, I feel his joy. Now, this one time, uh, Anita and I, we had just started um, being small group leaders, and I was trying to be really serious because I think when I first became a Christian and filled with the Holy Spirit, I was like, oh, now I have to be serious. <laughs> like, I can't be silly or I can't do these things, right? So we, we, we did this activity where we're like, okay, we're going to meditate. We're going to meditate on the Bible. And then, and then I, I turned on some um, electronic music, but it was from Beyonce. It was like... <laughs> It was, like, do you remember, Nina, what it was? It was some kind of, like, uh, it was some kind of Beyonce song, and I was playing it in the background, and the people are, people are meditating. And, and, (laughs) I didn't, because sometimes, like, words with music, it distracts you, right? So, that's the only electronic, the karaoke version, I had that on, and we're playing that, okay? Anyway, so, we're playing this, and so, I'm like, all right, Jesus, I'm meditating on you, I'm meditating on you, I'm I'm being serious, I'm being serious. And so, um. I don't really get visions uh i kind of like think of a thought and then i imagine it you know what i mean so you know those like people are like oh i see a vision of the-. I, I don't get it anyway so i imagined and i and i imagined jesus and he was in a robe and i was like all right yeah all right hey jesus and then jesus starts doing the two-step like this okay i'm, I'm like jesus what are you doing He He's doing the two-step. And then you know what song started playing? Was that, you know, that DMX song? That's like, get it on the floor. What? Get it up? Okay. It's not. It's not the most holy of songs, okay? But this is what the music was playing. And and I see Jesus two-stepping to the song. I'm like, oh, oh, no, Jesus. No, that's such a bad. Don't do that. And everyone's meditating and getting ministered to. And I'm like, oh. And I feel the giggles coming out. I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh, no, Lord, I'm, I'm leading the small group, I have to be serious. And it broke out in laughter, it was very, very awkward, okay? <laughs> I wanted to share that story, because there's many of you that, that will encounter God in a new way, and oftentimes it's not in the box of what we, say, what we think, right? Because in my mind, I was like, Jesus cannot do the TMX in the background. <laughs> that's a very unholy song, okay? But I really believe that God wants to meet us in a new way that, uh, this retreat. Amen? Oh, man. You know, uh, this morning I woke up and I was like, Oh, I'm going to speak at a college retreat. And then the first thought that came into my mind was, What am I going to wear? <laughs> <laughs> because last time my husband Caleb was here, and he kept talking about how you guys are so hip. And I was like, I'm like a mom now. <laughs> anyway, I wore my mom clothes just to... <laughs> I couldn't be bothered. I had to take care of the kids today, and I just, I just wore So he, here's what I wore today. Um, this is—oh, my goodness. It's, like, interesting here. About two years ago—is it 2017? Yeah, three years ago. We were in this uh, place for Itaewon's leadership retreat. You guys are there, right? And I remember—I sta- like standing in the back because I like to observe, kind of see what God, God is doing. And that was the time that God actually told me, like, oh, you're an intercessor. And so, well, you would think of intercessors are like, depressed a lot. And, then, and they get, like, they get, you know, and they cry a lot. I also cry a lot, okay? But it was, like, very interesting because as we were back there, like, I started, like, feeling the groove of Holy Spirit. And I was like, wow, like, I can do what I want. So what happens is as you start to mature with Christ, and, you, and the Holy Spirit comes and takes over you, he starts telling you, like, okay, go, 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 go do it. So, like, all right, all right. so I started walking back there, and it's in the dark, and I started doing these, like, weird things, like, I, like weird things I wanted to do. So I was like, are right, we going to go over here? We're going to just do a little bit of this. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and, then, and then I just try to go with my spirit man. Okay, we all have a spirit man. Everyone touch your belly. Okay, it says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Okay, the reason I feel like the, uh, the spirit is in your belly because it's far from your mind where there's lo- no logic because your spirit man doesn't have logic. It only tunes with the Holy Spirit. So I go back there and I'm doing all these things and I'm doing all these things and I see God moving and I'm like, this is awesome. And so what you start to s- tap into is as you grow with Christ and as you really start to embrace your uniqueness, the way that you move with God is different than the person next to you. And the way that you move with God, the way that you communicate with God is different. And so for many of you, I feel like what the enemy has been trying to lie is, is that you don't hear from God, but you do. You have to learn to start to tap into what's the way that I hear from God? How has God uniquely designed me? Okay. Again, it's all seem random. We'll come together. Okay. So in, 2000, in 2009, I went to Pattaya, Thailand uh, with like Pastor Aaron and a whole bunch of other people. And we went to go to uh, Pattaya, where we ministered to the prostitutes there. So you know that Thailand is one of the most, like, has a lot of sex trafficking and all these things. We also went to go minister to the people that, what do you call those? Those Joes, the, like, people who bought the prostitutes as well, okay? That's, like, one of the times I really started to hear. I was like, wow, I hear from God, okay? And so as we were, we're ministering, uh, we were ministering. Actually, they were ministering to us. Um, the, the speaker was on the floor, he was just like resting in the presence of God, and then I, and then I had this like strange feeling, and I was like, I, w- I want to go sing a song. I'm gonna go sing a song over him. So I started sneaking over there, and then I look behind, and oh, mission's Dre- <laughs> director Lisa came. They're like, What are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. So I, I start walking over there. He's laying on the floor, and then like when my sister we were uh, seven years apart, when she was five, she used to sing the song. It goes like, bubbling, bubbling, bubbling in my soul. You guys know the song, singing. Laughing, because Jesus makes me whole, some people don't understand it, but I can 't keep it quiet, <laughs> bubbly, bubbly, bubbly in my soul. This is a song that I kept thinking about in my head, so I went over there and then and then and then I just went over him, and I went like this you're bubbling, bubbling, bubbling in my soul, see and I started singing this over him with and he 's just closing his eyes, okay, so I have no idea what i'm doing, and then and then I go back. The following day, he says, like, oh, he's preaching at this church, and he's saying, he says, uh, oh, uh, some young lady came in. He didn't say young. I'm thinking young. Anyway, <laughs> he said, he says, some lady came over to me and started singing this song. And he said that it was, like, a prayer for his for joy to be released. Okay? And that as I prayed that song, joy started to be released. And so... As I've grown with God and I see these, like, little kind of random things, I want to encourage you guys to pay attention to those random inklings. You know, like, sometimes you're like, oh, I feel like I want to call this friend, but I'm not sure why. And you call them, they're having a tough time, right? Those are, that's Holy Spirit talking to your spirit, okay? So learn to hear those things. If you're, like, really random, just just flow with it, okay? <laughs> if, 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 if you have a lot of questions, flow with that, okay? These are all things that God will use, Okay? Okay, anyway, off topic now. Um, hey, do we have a picture of, um, are you put on Facebook at all? Okay. So I, I want to show you a picture of my kids before I begin. Um, just because they're really cute. And just because I'm thinking about them, that right before worship started, I was looking through Facebook, I was looking through pics of them. Okay. Do we have it? Okay. So I have two kids, okay, one's name's Ethan, he's almost four years old, he looks like me, so he's cute. (laughs) I get that from my husband, because he always says that about the second, he says Ezra's cute because he looks like him, okay. But they have very different personalities. So Ethan, he's four, he's very strong-willed, he's got a lot of aegyo, what's that like? He knows how to be really cute, he knows how to win you over, okay, but he's got a temper, okay, but he's also very sensitive, okay. I love that uh, eccentricity about him Do we have it yet? Okay And then we have Ezra Who is almost one years old And he's also very cute And recently he was I don't know He does all these cute things Anyways But when, he, when, he, when I don't give him attention He goes like this Ah! <laughs> and he goes Ah! Ah! Like this It's so cute, right? It's so cute So Ethan's on the left, and then Ezra's on the right. So it's like little Caleb and little Mina right here. And I'm going to be talking about my kids a lot, not because I'm a mom. I mean, I am a mom, but I feel like I wanted to talk to you about my kids, okay? So I'm going to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit, okay? And, you know, it's interesting, like, we were, uh, taking a family trip to Vancouver, and Ethan was kinda getting cranky, and so I was like, e- Ethan, I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of you for sticking it through, and he's like, Oma, not proud of you, hajima. So, which, 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 which means, Mom, don't say you're proud of me. And I was like, what? He's like, proud of you, hajima. And to this day, I'm not sure, but as a mom, what you want to do is you, you, you want to continually shower your kids with gifts and with verbal affirmation. And for some reason, he did not want to receive that. Do we have another picture, some other pics? Here, here's another one when Ezra was really young. He's really chubby. That's Ethan. He's so cute, right? He's really cute. Now, you know, as a as a mom, when I look at them and they make these mistakes, it's not, I'm like, hey, why'd you do that? Like, you know, you kind of follow along with their age maturity, but that's often how we feel like God like reprimands us. We think, man. He's going to reprimand us, but a lot of the time he doesn't it's not like he's yelling at us about our spiritual maturity. He's like, "Hey, you're doing a good job. Keep going forward and keep moving on." Okay. Now I will go into my message. One more, one more. This is the picture I was looking at. It looks so cute, right? <laughs> oh, he's really adorable. We'll we'll be coming to uh, Hongdae Alpha in a couple weeks when my husband preaches, so hopefully you can meet the kids. Okay, but there's like such a sense of like, what's that, like being proud, a proud mama. And so when I see you, you, who's under 20? Can you raise your hand real quick? All right, young bucks. And then who's like 20 to 23? OK, OK. who's like 23 to 26? Is J.P 26? Okay, who's 26 to 30? OK, and who is 31 and above? Yes. Yeah! 31 and over It only gets Better everyone It only gets Better okay uh, let's turn to our main passage Is Genesis Uh, Genesis chapter 3 The fall Um Okay, okay, so Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, you guys there? Okay, I'll read. Should we do like a me read, you read thing so we don't fall asleep? Okay, I'll read the evens and you read the odd, okay? Uh, Genesis 3, verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be be desired to make one wise, she took of it its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. All right, guys, you guys got to read together. Okay, hold on. Uh, Verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Verse 10, and he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid, I hid myself. He said, you you Verse 12, uh, the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Okay, let's fast forward to uh, verse 22, okay? Chapter 3, verse 22. Uh, then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Oh, no, no. I fr- Sorry. Go back to verse 21. Okay? Okay. I started verse 22. We had to start from verse 21. I'll just read verse 20 and we'll get into there, okay? Hold on. Uh, and the Lord God made for Adam and, uh, and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Amen. Okay. We're going to talk about the fall today. Um, but something I want to point out in the fall is the concept of shame. Okay, everyone say shame. shame. It doesn't feel good, right? Uh, shame is something that people, we don't really like to talk about okay, but I think as a universal, everyone feels shame, okay, but we're going to kind of take a look biblically, um, how, what do people do when they feel shame, okay, so as you know, uh, Adam and Eve, they sinned, okay, let's go back to verse 7, okay, then the eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves loincloths, okay, shame is, is kind of a scary monster okay that likes to remain in hiding okay but when we have shame uh we most likely try to protect ourselves hold on for a second okay now shame's message it focuses on self that oftentimes when we feel shame it leads to feelings of disconnection now who knows um Brene brown raise your hand if you this is the vulnerability woman you guys see that ted talk Who's seen it? Raise your hand. Okay, it's really powerful. I want to uh, invite you guys to watch that on your own. Wait, wasn't there a vulnerability seminar today? Yeah, yeah. Who? Can, can you raise your hand if you took the seminar? How'd you guys like it? Is it was good? You guys ready to be vulnerable? Yeah? You guys ready to be vulnerable? We're going to test you today. Just kidding. Now, if I look at my uh, testimony, now, I heard Pastor Anita's message yesterday. It was really awesome, right? Now, she talks about my testimony that's very colorful. Um, I, guess, I guess it's colorful. Uh, and I'll share a little bit. But I think uh, when I look to the biggest testimony of my life is the fact that I embrace vulnerability now. Okay, and so all the stuff that I I tried to do and I did and all, you know, like you heard about smoking weed and all this stuff, okay, it was really to cover that. And so when I look at my life, the biggest victory is that of vulnerability. Now, vulnerability in essence, it's you are exposed. So if you look at the army and you look at military things, they talk about, oh, this person or this like army group is vulnerable, that means you will get hurt or you can get hurt. Okay. Now, in this in this passage, we we see that um, after the sin happens and shame covers them, okay, their eyes were open. They realized that they were naked. They were vulnerable. Okay, so what does Adam and Eve do? Let's go to verse seven. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Okay, they try to cover their shame by themselves. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a story about Ethan that I was kind of like if Ethan gets old and he listens to this. Sermon. Is he gonna get mad at me that I shared this this story? Because <laughs> I try to, you know, think about those things. <laughs> okay, but I will share. Um, well, Ethan, he's three and a half now, and you know, you learn how to to go uh, pee and poo, right? <laughs> you, you do potty training, right? And so he he was fully potty trained. We're doing okay. And then one day um, we try to get into his room, and he's like screaming. He's like, "Get out!" don't come in here and we're like what's going on what's going on we don't know what's, what's going on what's going on okay and then and then caleb's trying to open the door and he's he's fully pushing with all his might he's like get out get out and we're like so caleb kind of sneaks onto the other side and he looks through the thing he's like get out get out dad get out and we're, we're like what is going on because we have never seen him act like this before right so anyway Caleb, he, he pushes his way through, and then, and then I, I'm kind of like so curious, like what's going on, what's going on? Okay, later we found out that he pooed his pants. <laughs> okay, he pooed his pants, okay? I don't really know what he was trying to accomplish uh, by keeping us out of the room because at that age, he's way too young to clean himself up, right? Uh, but for some reason, because of the shame, he didn't want us in there. And, and for the longest time, he he kept him out. So now, as parents, we're like, "What do we do? Like, is this something?" We, we try to cover the shame, but we're like, "Well, we have to get him cleaned up." Okay. In the end, he let Caleb in, and Caleb had to clean him up. Now, this is like very TMI, but he did he didn't have a diaper, right? So it's like, it's like really gross having to do diaper and panty and doing like this. It's really gross, right? But in the end, Caleb is the one that cleaned him up, right? Now, this is like. <laughs> Thank God him and not me. Okay, shame is just like this. When we feel shame, we push everyone out. Get out! Get out! Okay? But when it, in essence, the only person that can clean us up is God the Father. We're going to let God the Father in. Okay? So shame is one of the things that it, it alienates us, okay? makes us want to be by ourselves. Okay, as you know that we've been made in God's image. Okay, God made us for connection. He made us for relationship uh, so that we can receive his love and that we can belong. Okay, but shame is the exact opposition to this connection. Okay, so that when we feel shame, we can't have connection. Or we feel like we're not worthy for connection. So we see here that Adam and Eve, they're the ones that they try to cover themselves up. Okay, when it can only be God, okay? Now, let's go to uh, verse 8. Okay, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Have you, <laughs> have you guys ever thought of why all-knowing God says to his, his, his children, where are you? Like, he's God. He obviously knows where they are. Okay, why does God say this? It's because God is relational. He's like, hey, where are you guys? It's not like he didn't know, okay? Let's continue. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Okay, this is the second thing is when we feel shame, we want to hide, okay? We don't want to hide just from God, but we want to hide from others. Now, to grow shame, there's three things that you need. Uh, is secrecy, silence, and judgment, okay? So for those of you, Uh, today some of you shared your secrets for the very first time okay this is the first step that you have to break off the shame because in secrecy shame only grows okay now second is the judgment now look around look around at everyone here do you see any judgment here is there any judgy eyes okay hopefully not okay (laughs) okay you only want to share about your shame in places where there's little judgment okay to grow shame we need to you need secrecy, silence, and judgment. And to go against it, we need to break that through vulnerability. Now, shame's message, it says these things. Okay, it says it's your fault. Shame tells you you have little value. Okay, you are worthless, or you aren't enough, or you aren't lovable. Now, I'm sure that you guys can think of times where you felt these different feelings before, right? Shame cuts off connection and relationship. desire to receive love from God and from others okay let's go back to the main passage 11 he said who told you that you were naked (laughs) have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat again obvious right Uh, the man said the woman whom you gave to be with me she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate okay now what does Adam do he blames now sometimes when we feel shame we're most likely to protect ourselves by blaming something or someone else. Isn't that, isn't that easier to do that? Now, it's like really weird because like, you know, along with drugs, like I also, also fairly promiscuous, right? And my group of friends was pretty promiscuous as well. But I found it really weird because the group of girls I, I like hung out with, they still liked calling other girls like sluts and like whole bags or whatever, right? <laughs> And like, I always kind of wonder, like, why would they like to do this? Okay, why would they do that when it's like, same, same? <laughs> like, 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 you guys are, I, I never, I never fully understood this, okay? Until I kind of started to dig deeper, but it's like, what, when, when girls feel that shame, they protect themselves because they're like, hey, that other girl slept with more guys than I have, so I'm going to call her out and call her like a hoback <laughs> or call her whatever, okay? When we ourselves feel shame, we try to protect ourselves like this, okay? And sometimes we can blame others. Okay, let's continue. Uh, 13, then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent, uh, the serp- serpent sorry, deceived me and I ate. Okay, another blame game, okay? Now, when we feel shame and we're likely to protect ourselves by blaming something or someone else, okay, we can't ever really receive that full revelation for ourselves. So we have to be and ask God, for, uh, God to open our eyes to our nakedness and to our shame. Now, God made humans to receive love and belong, and that's why it's human nature for us to want to feel worthy of love and belonging. Now, do you guys remember like, your most like, horrid like, elementary school or middle school, high school stories? i'll put that out there you guys remember right you can think of one thing okay you remember like how you felt when someone called you that name or or oh my goodness or your crush just found out you liked them and spread it to the whole school (laughs) why did you do that okay it's shame's message And, and they want us to feel down so that they can feel lifted up now when we feel shame we feel really alone right Okay, but if you look at uh, a biblical example of what we can do when, when we feel shame, I want to kind of turn to there. Let's go to Psalm 51. Psalms. Okay. Now, you guys know that David was called a man after God's own heart. But don't you think it's weird because he committed adultery and he murdered someone, right? He, like, committed pretty serious sins, okay? But God's the one that calls him a man after his own heart. Okay, let's read through Psalm 51. Let's see. Okay, so this is right after Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba's school. This is right after he committed adultery, okay, and Nathan the prophet's calling calling him out, okay? Uh, Let's read together. Oh, Freudian slip. Okay. uh, All right. Verse 1. We'll take turns again. Okay. I'll read one. You guys read the second. Okay. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Uh, Three, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Verse five: Before, uh, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Do you guys hear each other? Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, verse seven: Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse eight. Verse 9, hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Verse 11, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Okay, we'll end there. Okay, this guy had just committed adultery. Okay, he's getting called out in his own kingdom about what he's done. He must feel a lot of shame, but this is David's response. as he goes straight to God, he asks God for mercy. He, he, he talks about God's steadfast love and and with the shame that he'll continue to wash over him. This is, has to be our biblical response as well when we feel shame. We have to go to God with this kind of boldness and ask him to have mercy on us and according to God's steadfast love. Now, I'm going to kind of go around a little bit, okay? Um, it's interesting. I, I just went home for about two or three weeks uh, with my kids by myself, okay? So I uh, Caleb came with me, and then I, we came from Toronto, so it was only our ride. And then I took them back by myself on a 14-hour flight, like very brave, right? Um, but I went to America, and oh, it was... <laughs> It was very good. It was also very very interesting. Now, my testimony is one that I believe is ever-revolving because we're continually being sanctified. We're continually, God's continually to bring up things, and God's continuing us to show what's inside our heart. So it's interesting because I've given my testimony in public before, okay? So, you know, I talked about, like, kind of being promiscuous and, and these different things, okay? But there's kind of different stages, okay? So, uh, you know, as I said that with shame, it grows in secrecy. So when I was, I think I was a a senior in high school, I had an abortion, right? And my boyfriend told me at the time, we will take this to the grave, okay? And so for the longest time, I didn't tell anyone. And even though I, I had friends around me that also had abortions and they would talk to me about it, I still kept my mouth shut, okay? I don't know why. It's not like they would have judged me or anything, but then it just, like, rung in my head. I'm going to take... We're going to take this to the grave, right? And so the first time that I was able to share was at my healing and deliverance session. Did you guys do healing and deliverance today? No? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Healing and deliverance. Okay, ask Pastor Myung what that is, and maybe you guys can... Anyway. Okay, so it was the first time for me to share, and something in me broke. It was like, oh these layers of shame started to broke. So I started to share more, started to share with different people, right? Now, I remember thinking, like, oh, when I have kids, like, what will happen? In essence, because, like, I thought maybe, like, oh, will there be an extra layer of shame? Or will it be kind of, like, weird or these kind of different things? There's layers, okay? So I think about, I went back home, and I was kind of talking to my mom's friend. And I was, like, telling her about my testimony. I haven't told my mom yet. And it's not necessarily because I fear my mom, but it's more I want to wait on God's timing because now that I'm a mom, and if I were to, like, kind of, hey, guess what? I think she would faint, okay? she's She's a Christ follower. She loves the Lord, okay? But there's timing, and there's ways. Now, the reason that this trip was very interesting was because I got um, put to face with my past in very weird and strange ways. So let me give you an example. So I'm taking my kids to the circus, um, and a whole bunch of us had gathered to go to the circus. And so I'm walking, and I'm looking at my seating tickets with my kids, and I'm waiting for my sister. And then I see our seats, and I see see this guy and his wife and his kid. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we hooked up in college. (laughs) And and I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I'm here with my kids now, my husband is, isn't even here, and now we have to sit next to them. And it was like this whole nother level. <laughs> where, where I was like, do I say hi? Do I ignore him? Do I make eye contact? There's levels, right? So I, I, uh, put Ethan closer to him. <laughs> I left the seat next to him to my sister. And then I sat over here and I said, Lord, you're very funny. <laughs> and I had to, I had to process and evaluate. And I, I didn't really feel shame. It was a little bit of, it was a little awkward. Okay. But you have, kind of have to go through those moments to realize if you still have shame or not, right? And then the, it just kept happening, like, like all these instances, and, and I kept like running into people, like different guys I had crushes on, or I was like, oh yeah, we hooked up once when I was drunk, or like it happened all throughout the trip with my kiss. God has set me free from my past, amen. Okay, but then I realized, I was like, oh man, one day I'm going to have to tell my kids my story. And then that in itself will be another hurdle that I'll have to cross in God's timing. <laughs> because I will never do that on my own accord, okay? Now what God starts to do is he starts taking us through different levels, okay? Different levels of shame, right? And I was I was telling uh, this like it was, like, weird. I like got to hang out with, like, young people. I got to hang out with people my age. I got to hang out with, young, like, like, young college kids. And then I got to hang out with, like, old people, like, like older than me, like, like 50, 60-year-olds, right? And it was really interesting talking to them because I realized there's a whole nother level of shame that you feel once you become a parent. Okay? They have this thing called, like, mom guilt, okay, but it shouldn't be mom guilt. It's actually mom shame. Uh, Because you just start feeling like, oh, am I doing the right thing for my kids? Am I, should I be working? Should I be full time? Am I sending a good example? If I'm not working, then am I showing my my daughters that you can't be working and have all these things? It's just like a whole list of different things, right? But it was like really great talking to some older older ladies because they started sharing their kids' testimonies, right? So this one lady that I talked to, she was like, oh, yeah, so, oh, yeah, (laughs) like holy spirit is it okay to share this story okay it's anonymous okay but she's like kind of sharing with me that she is like walking by the living room and her daughter is like sprawled out crying and has this worship music on right so so she's like oh she must be feeling the glory of god and she just continued right so (laughs) and so it happened again where, where she was like sprawled out on the floor and she was like Oh, and then it happened again. So she said that she went up to her and was like, Oh, what's wrong? And then the daughter was like, Nothing's wrong. And she's like, Do you have a boyfriend? And he and she was like, Yes. And the mom's like, What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't I've never heard of any boyfriend. And she said, She said, What's wrong? And then the daughter said, I have an STD. Right? And so this mom told me like she felt like her, her world completely shattered. Okay, so this is like a, like a spirit-filled lady as well. Okay, But that's like another level of shame box that you have to come out. Once you become a mom and you become a parent, now you look at your kid's sin and that, that's a whole other level. Okay, It's constant things that the enemy tries to put on you is this constant shame. Because okay, as a mom, you look at that, you think, what well, did I do wrong? I didn't raise her well. Oh, what are other people going to think? Why, am I, why do I care about what other people think? I thought I'm a Christ believer. <laughs> I thought the fear of man was broken. But with your kids, it's a whole nother level. Now, I think it's so interesting that God kind of brought me through this process. <laughs> because there's a level of shame that you kind of get over. But then as you continue to grow with Christ, God is constantly wanting to break off that shame. Amen? So weird. Isn't that crazy? I sat next to this dude in the circus. Anyway. I just thought it was so crazy anyway i kind of feel bad for putting ethan i just i just didn't want to be near him i was like i'm gonna sit on the end i put ethan here but have you guys ever had the kind of thought like oh, i feel really alone you guys kind of go through your, those moments, right? And sometimes I believe that God's like bringing you through seasons of more intimacy. But sometimes when you feel alone, I want to like kind of propose to you maybe it's shame. It's shame in different areas that you're kind of going through. Now, when we seek to cover our shame with different strategies, all of which end up, it deepens our shame. Isn't that weird? Okay, so when I look at my story, when I first started telling my story, I was like, oh, I did this. And I used to do this, and now I'm free of this, and now I'm walking at this, and now I like vulnerability, and I like myself. Okay? But when I kind of was like going over the story, I was like, oh, my gosh, I had so much shame. And I was trying all these different things to try to cover up these things. Now, in the family unit, okay, if you study psychology or you study counseling, that's where we're supposed to lo- learn how to receive love, how to belong, and how to have connection, right? Now, many of our stories, our parents weren't perfect, right? If you grew up in, like, a Korean family or Korean household, who's who's Korean? I don't want to, like, raise your hand. Okay. So if you're around my age... Oh, wait, you're not around my age, okay? But <laughs> if you're around my age, our parents were the uh, post-war generation. You guys realize that? Like, the Korean War happened in the 50s, and so... When they raised us, they were, like, trying to survive for food. It's like that, right? So, oh, I'm not that old. Okay, but if I was a little older, that's, like, the kind of survival mentality that they had. So I think that they did absolutely the best that they could. Okay, and I believe that our parents, they really did the best that they could. Well, let's be real, okay? There's also a lot of things that they did that kind of shaped who we are and the different things that we struggle with. Now, as a mom... And as a daughter, I've had to go through long periods of healing and long periods of processing Okay, that to the point where I started just reading all these books. Like, how can we parent well? What are some things to do? But what I've learned is, is the family is a unit that God's given to us so that we can learn how to belong and how we can be loved. Now, if you had moms or dads that kind of you felt like you weren't liked, or you weren't loved, okay? It's very easy for shame to come upon you. Now, I don't know, like, you know, kinda of Asians, like, they're like kinda of perfectionists, and they want you to do really well. If you, if you get a B+, plus, it's like, oh, the world is over, like a type thing. Okay, so I think growing up, it's like, I never felt like I could, I got, I got, I got pretty well, I got pretty good grades, but I never felt like I could do enough, okay? So it's always shame. It's always like I can't do enough. I can't be enough. To to the point where, by the time I got into high school, I was like, forget it. I can't measure up. I'm gonna do whatever I want. Okay, it kind of went that way. Okay, which sparked started the spiral of, of sin and even more shame. Isn't that weird? So I was like, you know, I'm gonna be liberal. I'm gonna be one of those like Sex in the City girls. I can't do this. But then in the what? In the end, I still felt shame. And it just kept this, kept spiraling downwards. I remember like the first time, no graphics. Okay, first time I lost my virginity, I was like, you know, the thought that popped in my mind was, I'm used goods now, it doesn't matter. Ooh, right? Okay, but this is like the thought pattern that went through my mind as I started to continue to do these things. It's just like scary shame spiral. And it's like a lot of the time, we don't actually, we can't give rhetoric to those words, Right? So then we do these things, we do different sin patterns, we do different, like, I don't know what, I got like, I'm actually like, I, got, I did like a whole lot of drugs, but my brain is like still pretty well intact, okay? I have like a pretty good memory, and a, a lot better than a lot of my friends who didn't do drugs, okay? But I did a lot of drugs, I did a lot of drugs, and I was like kind of telling my sister, she had no idea because she's a lot younger than me, I was like, oh, I did this and this and this and this, and she was like really shocked, okay? But then when I think back, it's because I felt so numb. And I just wanted to escape. I was like, so like, you know, like druggies, like they like going into like parties and doing fun. And the doodoo, 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 do you know? Like these kind of different things. You know, but a lot of times I did drugs by myself. That sounds really sad, right? <laughs> but no, I, I, I would just like pop some pills and like do these different things. And then I would go deep into my thoughts. And then I would have these like different in- encounters, and I was like, oh, my goodness. It's like this big shame spiral that you kind of go down. That even though we, we feel the shame, and we do these things, we come up with different strategies for people who don't do drugs. Maybe it's work harder, like try to please the people that's around you. And you keep trying to do what your mom asked you to do. You keep trying to please her, but it doesn't happen? Then you get more shame. It ends up deepening, deepening our shame. Now, it says in Genesis 321, it's interesting. This is like the part where I kind of skipped and I forgot about it, but let's go back. Uh, 321, okay. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Now, before, you remember that Adam and Eve were the ones <laughs> sewing their loincloths, right, together? Okay, but in the end, God's the one that covered them with our, with with their... Uh, God's the one that made garments of skin and clothed them. Uh, let's go to Hebrews 12.2. 12, 12, this is a good verse to memorize. You guys all have the ESV or... Okay, says, this is the NIV version. You guys there? Okay, this is talking about Jesus. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And you know how, like, when you guys have those, like, what are those, cross necklaces? Okay, it's, like, kind of, like, cool and trendy now, okay? But back in the day, the, the cross was the ultimate symbol of shame. It was, like, the worst way in Rome to die that when Jesus died he was completely naked okay we know that the people they like threw stuff at him and they spat on him because they tried to put on him the shame of the world upon him right oh can we turn the ac on it's so hot on is it on are you guys cold Why? It's not flowing to me. And so like I was saying, the cross was like, where am I? Where am I? All right, hold on. Okay, like the cross, it's not like a trendy thing. It was actually a symbol of shame. So when they they crowned Jesus with the thorns and they called him the king of the Jews, they were mocking him, okay? But it says in Isaiah 53.10 that it pleased the Lord to crush him and put him to grief. Now, isn't it interesting that it talks about shame? Because when Adam and Eve originally fell, the first thing they felt was shame. It was, is that it was like prophetic because God knew that the people of God will continually be, be like tormented and have these different things of shame, right? That when he came, he didn't just die, but he died on the cross. It was a symbol of shame that as he sent the perfect sacrifice, Jesus took our shame. He completely took it and he gave us instead a crown of beauty. Uh, Sinclair Ferguson, a Scottish theologian, says, in your shame, how could someone like you come to Jesus? Because he has come to your shame to bring you to his joy. Yeah. I think that's so crazy. Yeah. Now, shame's this like universal feeling that everyone feels. Now, but it's actually very different. So who's a man? Can you raise your hand? I can tell that you're a man. It's just I want to see like the proportion of men to ladies. So can you raise your hand? Is it like 1 to 5? 1 to 6? Okay, who's single? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. No, no, no. Who's single boys? Raise your hand. All the single our right, ladies look around, look around. Okay. I got to put that out there. No. come come look around be proud you're single i'll i'll pray for you single ones later if you want prayer i'm married now i can release a marriage blessing okay um but oh okay i remember i remember now you know the shame it targets men and women differently so uh, they took the survey that with women it's almost always on appearance. So it's like they they took a survey of all these people so it's like I have to be nice, I have to be pretty, thin and kind. But then there's all these like different opposing things. So it's like I have to be honest, but I can't offend someone. Or I have to be like homemaker but like this, right? So that's kind of women. Okay, but with men, they said that shame targets them by saying never show that you're weak, right? So although we kind of feel these different things, like we're totally made in that different way and Satan targets us differently, that's the way that it's different, right? So as men and as women know that so that when you interact with the opposite sex, you can help lift them up, right? So for, for men, single men, it's okay to call your sisters. Oh, you look nice today. Or like, I like your hair. Or that makes you look really like, like balanced or, <laughs> or like, what is it even? Or, or like, like, <laughs> I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. Like, oh, that <laughs> you know, you know what I meant? Like, like. Same. Symmetrical! That's what I did. Okay, compliment your sisters! It's okay! It's okay! Okay? We're... we're (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Okay, we're not going to think that you're hitting on us, but know that that's an area of vulnerability for women. Okay, that as men, you can kind of speak into, okay? Hey. I like your hair. It looks nice. Or I like the dress. It makes you look nice. <laughs> I, I don't. I, the the real. <laughs> you get my point, right? It's because like, won't you start saying like cute or pretty? It makes that makes some girls uncomfortable. So maybe be you know nice or or, or like oh you look you look you know, that you look beautiful, that's okay, right? Or you look, I don't know, anyway, just ask Holy Spirit, okay? <laughs> and for men, for men, it's that they don't want to seem weak, okay? So it's interesting because as I was reading this book, it talked about how the the man tries to describe what it feels like to feel shame, and they say, oh, it's not actually other men that make us feel shame, it's the women. Because my my daughter, so I'm a man, I'm speaking in his first perspective, okay? My daughters and my wife would rather see me die on my high horse than down on the floor and weak, right? And I was like, oh, my goodness, okay? So for, for women to really help men combat the shame, really encourage them. Uplift your brothers. Say, what are some nice things to say? Hey. I... <laughs> Holy Spirit, give me—I really admire your courage to be vulnerable about your testimony. <laughs> I, I think that that's really great that you led the seminar on purity. Or I think that's really courageous of you. You know, think of these things. It's, 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 we, we have to kind of speak into to those things to kill off shame. Okay, now, remember I said that shame, it grows in secrecy, silence, and judgment. Okay, shame can become an identity. But what's the opposite of shame? Or what can help cut off shame? Empathy. It's connection, right? Or vulnerability is good too, right? So, let me go back. Okay, now, if I could share my biggest life testimony, it's the one of me wanting to be vulnerable. Right, as I shared, my life was out of shame. Now, if you want to be vulnerable, you can't be vulnerable with shame. (laughs) It's impossible because vulnerability, your, your essence, you're leaving yourself out there to be hurt. Right, but if you feel shame, you don't feel worthy to even be loved, let alone let yourself out there to be hurt. Right, so. To cut off shame, we need empathy. But how can we even be empathetic to one another? It's, I don't know. (laughs) Let's see. Ah, yes. Okay? Empathy, it brings connection. Okay? It brings relationship. It makes you receive love. Now, the key is to love yourself. Do you know that's so hard? Right? Like, can you imagine, like, some of the stuff that you say to yourself in your mind, and then imagine yourself saying that to another person? You'll never say that to another person, because you would be like, why would I be so cruel to that person? Okay? But we say those things to ourselves all the time, right? It's like this mantra that comes. Now, it's interesting, like, one, two, three, four. Pusan just had its fifth year anniversary, right? Our campus, we, we church planted a while ago, okay? And... And in the first year or two years, like when I would pastor people and things wouldn't happen well, the mantra that went in my head was like, oh, it's my fault. Like they're having a hard time because I I can't shepherd well or I'm not a very good counselor or it's my fault. Okay. And sometime around the third year, it broke. And then I was like, oh, (laughs) this is so great. Why did I live like that before? And so about three to four years, if they're having a tough time, I'm like, yeah, hey, homie, that's your fault. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I helped them through, okay, but that kind of weight, it didn't come on me. And I was like, wow, this is really great. Like six months ago, it came back with this vengeance where I was like, oh, why, why do I feel like this again? Why do I feel like it's my fault? And, and and I started to have to battle these these things. And I was like, oh, my, this sucks, <laughs> it's like so hard it talks about having a sound mind and having to like gird gird your mind with and gird your loins right but it talks about you have to have a sound mind it came back with such a vengeance that i was like oh what's going on okay now i'm gonna tell you as i continued to pray i would start to get like massive like anxiety and i couldn't sleep like not all the time but it was like on and off for about six months right and so as I was I kind of like in, in in my family time, and I was like, oh, this is a problem. Because <laughs> you ever notice that in the busyness of your life, you can kind of keep pushing these things off. It's like, oh, I can't sleep, but it's because I'm a tired mom, and like my husband snores, and I, I never get sleep, and I can't, you know, whatever. And then I had this anxiety, but I'm like, oh, it's probably because I drank too much coffee. <laughs> No one you could know you can call me like, like this, right? Okay. but then when I went to the States, I, it came straight in my face. And I was like, oh man, I gotta deal with this. I gotta really start asking the Lord what what, what these different things are. And then you know what you know what the Lord pointed to me to was shame. And I thought I was like, hey, I thought I dealt with shame. I thought I thought I I thought I dealt with all these things. Like I thought I I've shared my testimony and and I sat next to the circus guy and I I passed that test, Lord, and and I and I, you know it's like really scary how these like different things will happen because when I was in Busan and one of my friends like called me he was like hey I want to come visit and then I was like oh um hun so one of my good friends is coming to visit but we made out in college and I was drunk I'm sorry (laughs) it like follows you right anyway what I'm saying is is that shame continually broke off right now I was like, Lord, what could I possibly be struggling with this kind of shame? And you know what it came with? It came with being a mom. Because it's like this. Like, when I look back at my testimony, a lot of where I see the roots was as a child, right? So, again, it's not to like my mom did the best that she could, and I love her now, and we are reconciled, All good, okay? But when I look back, I still see the negative effects of, of their parenting on me today. Like, as a grown adult, into my marriage, like, when I, like, want to go over and strangle my husband and these different things, I see the effects of it today. Or when I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm going to smack you, and then I'm like, oh, it's child abuse or <laughs> these things. It's like it lingers. It lingers is what I'm saying, right? And so I see the negative effects that that's had on me as a grown adult right but then i saw myself repeating the patterns on my children and it sent me down the shame spiral because it's like now it's like i have knowledge i i know how messed up my emotional life has been and now I'm reiterating this, and it was like this shame spiral. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh. And I would get this anxiety. And then when I would see Caleb, and he would sometimes, like, be like that, I would, like, want to, like, control him and be like, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. And I, I started, like, trying to grasp these different things. It's, it, it, it gets worse in the sense of, oh, hold on. Where am I? Where am I? Oh, it, it, like, once you become a mom, it's like these things are put in your face. Is wow. I said I was never going to be like this, but I am. And you need this new revelation of the gospel. Like that's why I post on my Facebook, like I post all these things is not because like it's not because it's like, oh, I want to be vulnerable in these things. It's because I'm like I need the gospel very badly. So I'll post these messages of my failures <laughs> as a parent, okay? Talk about my journey. It's because I want to keep that shame broken. And I want to keep continuously. I want to bring it open to the light. Okay. I don't want to put it in secrecy and go down my mom's shame and my mom's guilt. Okay. I don't want to judge myself more harshly. And then, you know what? Some people, some people would judge me and that's okay. Can you look at the story of David and uh, his brothers? Is it Eliab? You know, when David was really little and he was like, I'm going to go fight Goliath. And then his brother was like, who do you think you are? Right. And his brother tries to put shame on him. That's going to happen. Okay. When you guys share your testimony and when you guys start to, to let go of that shame, there's going to be those people around you that try to put that shame on you. Okay. But you can't, you can't let it, you can't let it on you. Okay. You can't let shame and that, that message come upon you. You gotta, you gotta bring it out into the open. Okay, where where it's not festering in secrecy, it's not festering with silence, or it's not festering with judgment. Now I'm gonna read Isaiah 53:10. Okay, if you guys can turn there real quick. Ah, yes. Okay. I'm just going to be part of it. Okay, you guys there? You guys still lurk, looking? I like to, like, kind of read the scripture together because you can kind of see in your own Bible, okay? It said, it pleased the Lord to crush him, it's talking about Jesus, and put him to grief, okay? It pleased God to crush Jesus and put him to grief. Now, Jesus was not just died for our sins, okay? But he was put to shame on our behalf, okay? So that we ourselves, we wouldn't have to live with shame, okay? That we could approach God's throne boldly. We could ask and kind of go to God as David did even after committing adultery, okay? Even when we feel like it's my fault or I don't really measure up, okay, Jesus died in our place so that He could take our shame for us. So I want to kind of ask you guys today, like what areas in your life are you kind of feeling the shame? And have you thought to bring it into the light? Uh, Have you thought to talk about it with your neighbor? Not like neighbor, but look at the people around you, right? Okay, I want to like really encourage you. Okay, for those of you who have certain secret sins, ask Holy Spirit who to tell. Kay? Because I don't advise you that you go on and tell the world. Okay, Because the world is not really all that safe. Okay, But the first step is ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I want to kind of share these different things that I'm going through. Uh, can you tell me who to share? Okay, Because he's going to give you someone that's safe. He's going to give you someone that's, when you're scared, out of your mind to actually open up. You remember, oh, God told me this person. Now I have to obey. (laughs) Okay? So ask Holy Spirit who to share with. Ask God to bring people who won't judge you. And ask God to kind of start uh, showing you these different areas of shame. Okay, I'm going to read this quote just one more time. Can we have the praise team come up? And I'm going to close with this. Um, the Scottish theologian said, in your shame, how could someone like you come to Jesus? Because he has come to your shame to bring you to his joy. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so all these like kind of stories w- felt really random, right? Okay, but in the beginning, I was kind of sharing about how God kind of speaks to me or how you know my weird I- I- idiosyncrasies or eccentric things like or me having fun with dmx and all these things is because i think deep down growing up i don't think i ever felt liked like by by my mom and so carrying that kind of shame is like i could never feel like i could fully be myself so when i kind of see and I can embrace the fact that I'm kind of random and weird. I can, I can see that God started to kind of start this process of breaking off shame. All right, let's kind of close our eyes. And um, before anything happens, I want you guys to kind of lay your heart, heart out before the Lord. And Pastor myung led us in this time earlier. That I was kind of standing in the back scared (laughs) Because that's a very scary prayer To pray Uh, God fully have my heart I fully lay it down Because oftentimes we don't actually know what's in our hearts And that when it gets revealed It's very scary And it's very vulnerable so I want us to kind of spend this time and ask the Lord, okay? And then kind of set your heart before the Lord. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I let it go. You know how people have this kind of motion, okay? If it helps you, yeah, okay, I want you to like think about, and if you're ready, like kind of set your hands before the Lord, like as a posture to be like, hey, God, I want to give you my heart today. I'm pretty scared of what's inside, but I give you my heart. And I say, let you you have your way. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple minutes, okay? I believe Holy Spirit's going to start bringing revelation and understanding.